0: Hello and welcome to episode 301 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week
2: with... Daryl, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Happy to be back and talking TV and film. It's lovely to have you back on. So what have you been watching over the last few weeks? I think I watched probably furthest away from today was Without Remorse. I waited a little while before jumping in on Amazon Prime Video's blockbuster with Michael B. Jordan Mm -hmm. and taking place in the same universe as Jack Ryan. I wasn't sure what to think of it. Michael B. Jordan has his fair share of fans and haters. But overall, we got a good action film, lots of fun, Great cast. We see Jamie Bell popping up in Mm -hmm. a pretty big role and Guy Pearce in another major role. And what it manages to do is it does things that I didn't expect, even as someone who's familiar with the source material Mm -hmm. that it's loosely based on. And I think that and keeping the action going, I think that's all you can really ask for. Yeah. And, that, and the fact that Michael B. Jordan is isn't just jacked, I say he's jacked squared in this in this <laughs> film. And he gets his obligatory, I'm sure to see show everyone all the hard work. But yeah, I think basically the thing is, want to hear that they're gonna go ahead with this and make the next film. That's okay, what, because it's it's obviously is it's meant to be a universe, so we're hoping to hear the next sequel. Do the later books cross over more directly with the Jack Ryan stuff? No, they do. Basically, they operate in the same world. They don't really have that much um, right. crossover. But whereas Jack Ryan in the book starts out, he's an officer, he gets injured, and his career ends early. And then he basically goes off and makes a load of money. And then he manages to get himself intertwined with some terrorists and then becomes a the president. And yes. so you go from there, him as a president doing stuff. Eventually, his son grows up and his son becomes like a spy master and all that sort of fun stuff. Whereas here with John Kelly, he is an operator, a soldier, and he's one of a group of international NATO operators who come together to fight against threats. Right. So this is normal sort of techno thriller, like some super powerful rich cult who has some crazy idea. I think one of the books was the organization who goes and hides in the Amazon and tries to literally end the world. So it's that crazy sort of thing that you see in books This the genre is techno thriller so it's lots about surveillance and drones and bleeding ethnology weaponry and stuff like that okay cool and it's a very popular thing It's going on for like 30 years or so mm. there were like three dozen books between the both of them between Jack Ryan and his spin-offs and the Rainbow Six series <laughs> so there's a lot of source material there yeah as well as Michael
0: B. Jordan you've got as you say Jamie Bell Guy Pearce Carmen Domingo which people may know from Fear the Walking Dead Jodie Turner-Smith from The Last Show. Yep. Luke Mitchell is in there as well so they've pulled an interesting cast mm-hmm. together for that it's uh, that's,
2: that's pretty cool yeah love fun would recommend second thing I've been watching is I've watched All of Ragnarok oh yes I say All of Ragnarok season 2 but it is only six episodes <laughs> so you can get through it pretty quickly if you want to the series is a norwegian Danish joint production for Netflix and it follows a young man who comes to realise that he is a reincarnation of Thor Lord of Thunder and the conflict he comes into with giants which look like humans but basically they're just the ancient enemy of the gods and giants is just it's a translation so they're just it's like it also means elf or monster things like that Mm -hmm. takes place in modern day Norway he has a brother who you instantly know who his brother is Mm -hmm. and you see him move this totally picturesque place the photography the locations are beautiful the first season everything's so tight the storyline's excellent the acting's amazing it just really goes together it was a fun ride and season two continues that fun ride goes in directions that i wasn't necessarily expecting mm-hmm. but overall a lot of fun basically hoping to hear that it's going to get that next renewal so we can see more of magna's adventure i've got a season one review over at the hashtag show that i wrote and i've got the first two episodes of season two reviewed also on that hashtag that show cool yeah it's one that i haven't tried yet
0: but it seems to have been one of those foreign language things which has crossed over you yeah, know it seems, works very well. seems to be working very well are, we, are
2: you watching subtitled or dubbed I'm assuming they're offering both for this yeah they do offer both I do believe that at least some of the actors do their own dubs oh just because they sound way too similar whether they be like anybody else yeah the dub's great a few of the foreign language Netflix shows they tend to use shots where dubbing isn't a problem if mm-hmm. you get what I mean yeah so there's not too much looking at someone's lips and going that, that's not fitting up with that yeah I would definitely urge you to watch maybe the first two episodes and, and I think once you see those, you'd be going, oh yeah, I'm definitely watching the rest of these. And again, it's only six episodes per season, so you're talking about 12 episodes, where plot moves the equivalent of, I don't know, six, seven seasons of Flash. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was talked to by a friend because I wasn't sure whether I would like it. It could have seemed a little odd, but yeah, it definitely works.
0: Yeah. It is one that I keep on meaning to check out. It wouldn't surprise me if the actors do their own dubs, because I've never met a Norwegian or a Danish person that doesn't speak impeccable English, so mm. <laughs> it is one that is on my list of things that i need to check out and it is like you say only six episodes each so uh yeah i will really definitely make a concerted effort
2: to give that a go the last thing we have to talk about is panic that's panic the 2021 prime video tv show sort of team-based drama based on the book of the same name it is set a small texas town that's pretty much you know the back end of nowhere people there have no prospects there's no jobs and what we find that happens is that every year, the graduating seniors in high school, so people who are like 18 or so, be looking to go from the college, they compete in this sort of secret competition mm-hmm. where they go through a load of different, basically dares, which are all quite dangerous one way or another. And students have been contributing like a dollar a day for the entire senior year or so. Mm-hmm. And whoever wins, because you get points for getting through these challenges, whoever wins gets all that money. Right. So we start the show on graduation day and we meet our main character who hates the idea of the competition. swears swear she'll never do it. Tries to get her best friend who's winning and like going off to Hollywood to become famous. Mm-hmm. Um, but then obviously things happen. There's a switch. And and she finds herself in that competition. And basically you're just following along from there, seeing how this goes, see the effect it has on these three friends. And I've watched three episodes now. It's just simple and it works. And you just want to see what happens next. Okay. In terms of people you might have seen before, it's got an Cars, cast. It's got Britain's own Jessica Sula, who you might remember from Skins or Split. Right. The M. Night Shyamalan sequel mm-hmm. also features Jordan Elsass of Superman Lois. Dave ah. Johnson, if you're wondering, yeah, and then to people like Enrique Marciano who's someone who you constantly see on TV. He turns up in the Blacklist. He was in Power. Oh, he was in CSI without a and trace. The first one to so Las Vegas without. And a tr- he was in Without a Trace. See, yeah. I thought it was cold case, and I thought oh, no, that's not right. He's <laughs> oh, he's in Bright. Yeah, so, well. yeah, so yeah. So very well, well. Actually, you see him in lots of things. But that's a great cast. As a book, I suspect it really worked. And I think Amazon are starting to like prove to people that they can make an adaption. Um, that is successful and sticks to what the book does I don't know how close because I haven't read the things but it's entertaining you definitely want to just go oh, I just watched one more episode one more episode yeah so that's that it's 10 episodes I don't know how it would work if it's a sequel sort of thing or if it's just a one-off mm-hmm. I don't know
0: that sounds interesting I'll have to go and look at that as well it
2: had a feel of Outer Banks right okay yeah I it really did. like that show so yeah, it has you know it has teens who have that sort of attitude to life who are they know they're sort of down in the dumps constantly but trying to sort rise above um, mm. their existence or their legal existence.
0: Yeah, that sounds interesting, but I'll have to keep an eye out for going and watching that as well. So for me, I first of all finished Lucifer, got to the end of that series. Really enjoyed this season. Ends in a very interesting place as well. Uh, I mean, it's just fun. It's silly. It's entertaining. There's absolutely zero relationship to the books at this point, but who cares? It's just eminently watchable and I'm very interested to see what they do for the final I think it's 10 episodes the final season so I'm quite interested to see where they go for those final 10 episodes because it's all shot so we don't know when they're going to release that yet but uh, I am looking forward to seeing that finish and play out because they've put Lucifer in various interesting roles but I think this is quite possibly far the most interesting one they've put him in so far without giving anything away where they end it but uh, yeah I'm I'm really Mm -hmm. intrigued to see where they go with this and also what characters are going to be in the final final season as well because there is a character that is in this season that I think will return even though you would think he probably wouldn't so uh, so I'm interested to see where they're going with this I'm trying to keep fairly cryptic about this
2: I understand um, I've been watching Lucifer 2 I've only got to episode 12 which if you've seen it's a Daniel episode and that's mm-hmm. all I need to say about that it's fun it's very silly but I do like that this is moving the characters forward because they have been languishing a little bit Yeah. obviously the will they won't date that just can't stop but at least we get can see more of the side characters that are moving on, mm-hmm. specifically Maze, who's just sort of nowhere for a few seasons, but now, yeah. she's, now she seems to be going somewhere. So, yeah. So yeah. It's a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to seeing the next four episodes, but I, was, I think I was sticking mainly to watching Panic at that point and um, some other stuff.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I think they've kind of moved away from it being, that you know, it was very procedurally at one point, and I think they've moved. That stuff is yeah. still in there, but it they've become much, much more fascinating focused on the supernaturally kind of side of things of the angels and the demons and all that sort of stuff they're following that a little bit more and you're dealing more with those characters and that development and that's always been in there as mm-hmm. well but it certainly I felt a lot more heightened this season so uh, I've been really enjoying what they've done for this last season so uh, I, I'm very interested to see where they bring that out with you know now it is all done and it's all filmed so uh, hopefully that won't take too long to drop the next season I'm assuming assuming it will end at some point. Um, On the completely opposite end of the scale of uh, sort of fantasy series like that, uh, Time, which is the new BBC drama, it's a prison drama from Jimmy McGovern. It stars Sean Bean and Stephen Graham. It's a difficult watch in places, but the basic premise of it is you have uh, Sean Bean, who plays a guy called Mark Corbin. He's got four years for a crime. It comes out fairly quickly what his crime actually was. He was previously a teacher. He's kind of like, yeah, I did what I did. I deserve to be here. I just want to kind of get through it. There is uh, Eric McNally, who is the Stephen Graham character, who is his prison guard. He's a very accomplished prison officer and it's really a sort of interesting take at just the brutality of the prison system and the Mm -hmm. state of what goes on and you're sort of seeing it through the eyes of Sean Bean's character, really. There is issues with drug taking, there are issues with violence, there are issues with bribery and corruption and all that sort of stuff going on. obviously too phenomenal, good actors in the two leading roles Uh, the surrounding cast is also great as well it's only three episodes it's one of those little sort of Sunday night dramas that BBC do so well I thought the first episode of it was absolutely superb I'm very interested to see where it goes I think it is actually all up on iPlayer so you can go and binge through all three of them if you wish it's definitely definitely worth watching you know you're in for a good time when it's Stephen Graham and Sean Bean anyway but uh, Jim McGovern's script for it I think he is just fascinating and uh, really shines a harsh light on just the prison system as a whole and what they are doing there. And I just found it a superb, gripping, compelling, interesting drama and a kind of character study of just those people. Uh, Really, really superbly written. Very, very well done. I'm going to be watching the the other two episodes. I was going to watch it as it came out, but I I might end up going on and binging my way through the... uh, other episodes of that because I thought that was brilliant. The other thing which I've been watching, again, flipping back to an entirely different kind of set of genres, Sweet Tooth, which is the new Netflix fantasy series. It is based on a DC Vertigo comic, not one I particularly knew, but it's a lovely adventure series. It's set in our current world, but after a uh, pandemic has come along and basically wiped out. A whole bunch of people in what they call the Great Crumble, which was sort of 10 years prior to the main event of the show. And you do see a start of, of that and what sort of happened. They do introduce that in the show. So it wreaked havoc onto the world. And also, weirdly, as well as killing a bunch of people, left a bunch of these hybrid babies who are part human, part animal. And they're all sort of different. You see a few of these hybrids throughout the show. And, you know, some of them are like part. Pig. Some of them are part bear or whatever. Uh, the main kid that we're following is a kid called Gus, who gets the nickname Sweet Tooth, and he is part deer. He has been taken by his father to live away in the woods right at the start, so he's never really known life outside of this kind of enclosed area where his father had fenced off a place in the middle of, I think, it's Yellowstone National Park. They actually set it and this sort of fenced off this area in the middle of the park away from everybody. And he's been raising this kid and sort of said, you do not go outside the boundary. Something happens to his father, of course, and he's left on his own. And this wandering loner happens to come along and very reluctantly ends up taking Gus along with him. And and he watched the first two episodes so far. But it's very much about the relationship between those two characters. But they do also go into quite a lot of background about other characters. Characters and how that story is going to somehow get pulled together at some point. So, like, there's a, a virologist that initially was sort of dealing with the disease but then has kind of stopped doing that to look after his wife, who is sick, but ends up getting pulled back into doing the virology stuff. James Broland sort of narrating the whole thing, which gives a lovely, wonderful tone over the top of it. It's really nicely well put together and uh, really interesting little series. I'm just intrigued to see how the story kind of continues after those first couple of episodes. I kind of binged my way through two of them in one night. I really, really enjoyed it. So it's got a great cast. Some faces you'll recognize. Nonzo Anonzi, who you'll know from things like Game of Thrones, and he was in Zoo as well. Will Fort is in there. Adima Carr, he's one of the main cast. So yeah, there's a really, really solid cast for it. It's one that i I would definitely recommend you go and pick up. I found it a really lovely and uh, just well put together, interesting series. So definitely one worth looking at. So that's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to
1: some TV and film news. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. So we start off the TV
0: and film news with the renewal's cancellations and pickups. First cancellation, which um, upset quite a lot of people, I think, understandably. Jupiter's legacy. I hate to say it's cancelled, but they did release all the actors from their contracts. It was like a masterclass, the press release for this, in avoiding saying the word Mm cancelled. Because what they have done is the series isn't going to continue as it was, and clearly that was the original plan was you were going to have seasons one, two, three, four of Jupiter's Legacy or whatever it was but what they have ordered is a new spin-off series called Super Crooks which is based around the villains rather than the heroes so set in the same universe it's one of the other books that are in that universe in one of the other comic books so they've decided rather than doing another Jupiter's Legacy they have let all the cast go from that and they're doing Super Crooks instead they were very careful about how they worded it but given that Netflix own like all these properties it seemed like a bit of an odd decision to sort of not immediately say oh it's coming back and to pivot off into a slightly different direction Mark Miller does say that they are probably or they have some plans you know hopefully down the line to come back to Jupiter's legacy but um, (coughs) what form will that will take I don't know I mean essentially it is one of those things that they could do that with because Netflix own Miller World, so they own all the properties anyway. So it is potentially something they could do something with afterwards. But um, yeah, I mean, whether it was the cost for it that just didn't make sense, because the number being floated around for that series was 200 million. And bearing in mind, it was what, eight episodes? That's 25 million an episode. And with the best will in the world, you weren't seeing that money on screen at all. You know, I know they probably had to build a lot of sets for it. And you've got like the stuff that's back in the '30s and '40s compared to like the modern day things, and maybe that ate
2: a lot of the budget. Yeah, I think you do see the. I think you probably see the money in the in the period stuff. Yeah, maybe so that's, that's it. A, a whole lot of them, that money went. Thoughts? <laughs> My first thought just has to be, you know, this is something totally owned by Netflix, so. Netflix exec somewhere sat down and watched those eight episodes and somehow thought that that was enough meat in the burger for fans to sort of consume and be happy with to then wait a season and wonder whether or not it will come back again. Mm-hmm. Well, either it should have never gotten out because that's not enough for a season. That's not enough to give someone, especially if are introducing this huge world, mm-hmm. so it's either they need to go and rework it or they needed to announce like they did with Sabrina know two seasons up front and tell that whole story yeah because that was third of the story at most mm-hmm. that was not a full story in any in any way since the word. i've been reading from a lot of the fans of the show talking about everyone tuned in and i think that's part of the problem everyone tuned in and expected that they were going to get something impressive something long in the making and i think it was a letdown and i think once you have everyone watched it and maybe let's say 65% of people liked it so another 20% liked it but not enough to really care either way mm-hmm. but that remaining bit of the people went this is rubbish and jumped on social media yeah. and started tearing chunks out of it and they were the ones that got hurt and for whatever reason that gave Netflix a cold feet and they decided to pivot as we shall say yeah. and release all those actors and personally for me I had a lot of issues with the show there was definitely a lot of diversity based going on in clip releases and images of certain characters who in actual fact are barely seen in that season. Mm-hmm. So I think there was a lot of expectations riled up by the show and its marketing drive that then fell to pieces once we actually saw the product. Right. It's different from something like, I can remember the, the well the pushback, but I can remember everything that came from Supergirl when it first came out back on CBS mm-hmm. and its positioning after they redid the first trailer. It sold itself as a Feminist woman for a show, and that's what you got in the in that first season. Yeah. Whereas I think Jupiter's legacy it got pushed as a superhero show with loads of diversity, and it's actually a family drama. Yeah. So people were totally misled. I mm-hmm. think that's what caused everyone to go. No. Yeah. And that's why we have this weird thing when Netflix decides to go in another direction. Yeah,
0: that's interesting. I mean, I've seen a few arguments for the reason getting it cancelled. I think there is certainly there was a number of negative pushback on social media about those issues and just people just not liking it and I think you know sometimes those voices get heard louder than they should do and oh. the other thing is as I say the cost 200 million if you're spending it on that you compare yeah, that that
2: is, that, is a, that is an incredible amount of money to be spending
0: yeah if that number is correct if they spent 200 million dollars on it you really didn't see that on screen and I mean the entire purpose of Netflix making TV shows is to draw subscribers and there are other shows on Netflix that would probably cover similar bases, maybe not directly superhero Mm. shows, but you've got fantasy shows like Shadow and Bone, you've got things like The Witcher on there that will cover a certain amount of those subscribers Mm. anyway, because there is going to be a certain amount of crossover, and those shows cost, ridiculously cost a lot less to do. So you know, if you're given the choice, despite the fact that you own this product, and I mean the other thing of course is because they own it, there is the possibility that they are covering the entire cost of it whereas it's possible that if it's made by an outside studio they're maybe not covering the entire cost of it because you know at some point the rights may revert back to allow whoever made the show, like The Witcher for example, it may be that if that's a, I'm not sure whether that is a co-production, but say a show like that might be a co-production with somebody like Lionsgate, they would be able to then sell the DVDs later and make money off that so they're not mm-hmm. you know whereas in a situation like this the entire finance of it is entirely based on netflix so there may be a monetary reason for that maybe it just didn't get the numbers because i mean they didn't talk numbers particularly with it yeah. but um yeah so for whatever mm-hmm. the reason the show as it was has gone uh, super crooks which is this spin-off that they're coming up with follows a ragtag gang of supervillains, con artists petty thieves and leg breakers who band together for the heist of the century and most outrageous crime story you've ever seen in your life. Crime pays and they're going to prove it. Some people just want to have the time of their lives and make a little dirty money while they're doing it if the superheroes get in the way, they're going to be spitting teeth. So that's the setup for that. And I think in some respects, maybe focusing on the villains might be a more interesting thing to do. We don't know whether that's going to be a full series or whether that's going to be like, you know, six episodes or whatever
2: it's going to be. Oh, I think one thing I should probably mention beforehand is that Mark made a Rod for his own back because all of his tweets about a certain superhero franchise came back as soon as this show came out. I think that's another part of it. <laughs> he wasn't complimentary about Superman actually no it was less than that it was unnecessarily insulting the stuff he said through a series of tweets and ah. so they all popped up as soon as he was legacy came out. and obviously the fans of started hammering him so right I yeah I didn't remember reading really those stories as well so far I just mentioned that it's yeah yeah, that's the, that's... yeah if you're going to be talking rubbish and they're out something competing you've got to be ready for that pushback
0: yeah yeah I hadn't seen any of those tweets from Mark Miller but if he did that that was a very stupid thing for me Art Miller to do, so they're now bringing out this super crooks things, which I'm sure is going to get compared to the boys when they bring that out. I, I mean, I bet it will be. But the boys, of course, mm. um, they've actually dropped a photo of Jensen Eccles who, of course, is playing Soldier Boy in the third season. The person that created the suit for it, I know the suit's kind of fairly military looking. Which I mean, he's a soldier, you yes. can kind of expect that. I, I, I quite like it. But the woman that designed it, it's Laura Jean Shannon, is the woman's name. And I thought, oh, is she the costume? designer looked her up no she specifically designed supersuits for tv shows by the looks of things so she's designed stuff not only for the boys oh. she designed black lightning star girl titans doom patrol a whole bunch of others as well <laughs> so her job is designing yeah, super suits sure. i mean what an amazing awesome job that is i really like that but yeah so the, there is a photo up on the website if you want to go and uh, see jensen eccles the soldier boy as well but um, yeah so they released that today over on amazon so that's Jupiter's Legacy. Uh, sticking with Netflix, they have renewed Shadow and Bone, which I know you. After they made the Jupiter's Legacy announcement, like, I know you were a little bit concerned. I think about whether Shadow and Bone would get picked up because you know it's Netflix. But, yeah, because uh,
2: it, it looks like yeah, it looks a little pricey, but I think it's been going well. And I think Shadow and Bone, like the YA book that it's based on, they're very good at holding social media's attention for an extended period of time. Yeah, talk about how dark Bedbar's eyes are. So I think you see Netflix do That and then you wonder how they messed up Jupiter's legacy. So, sort of <laughs> yeah, Shadow Bone is very different from its sort of like book beginnings, mm-hmm. it's pulled in a lot of different stories from the Grecia verse, not just from the first book. So, really happy to see it renewed. I think the star, Lee May, is amazing, she's definitely got an excellent career ahead of her. Yeah, I look forward to seeing that watching the rest of this season and then coming back for season two whenever it comes out.
0: Yeah, I mean, Netflix have released some numbers for Shadow and Bone as well. I'd say 55 million members households watched it in the first 28 days of release so you know there's that and uh, it was top 10 list in 93 countries around the world and number one in 79 countries he's done amazing for it he actually also sent the books back to the number one on the uh, New York bestseller list yeah I bet it did did. yeah I mean it has been a huge success for them you can tell it's been a success because they released the numbers for it that's the only reason they released the numbers for it so that is coming back for a second season I watched the first season of that and I knew nothing about the Grishaverse, but I really, really enjoyed what they did with it. I thought that was really good. That's been renewed for a second season. Um, there is one other cancellation as well. Holby City as being ended after 23 years on TV. They've said, uh, we're incredibly proud of Holby City, but with great sadness. We are announcing that after 23 years, the show will end in March next year. We've had to make some difficult decisions to make room for new opportunities as a part of the BBC's commitment to make more programs across the UK we have taken the difficult decision to bring the show to a close in order to reshape the BBC's drama slate to better reflect and represent and serve all parts of the country that's in reference to the fact that they made a huge commitment to not have everything so London centric and whilst Holby City is technically based I think around a fictional town around sort of the Bristol area it's actually shot in London that's part of the reason they're giving for ending it I know there were was a lot of people very upset about
2: that not coming back. I can't remember. that. So 23 years on air, Holby City is coming to an end. That's crazy. That would be like cancelling Law and Order SVU straight out of nowhere because mm. that's currently on 21 seasons mm. That's and that's very ingrained into the culture. So yeah, I do remember it all being the news when they started the move of the BBC to outside of London you know, and all the various hosts and things you had to move and mm. those few who, who didn't. I understand it but yeah, I guess it's a bit of a shame. Yeah, it's one of those things that there's so a huge amount of people involved on
0: that show you you know because part of you might think oh well couldn't you move the production to say cardiff or something like that Mm. or move it to somewhere in the south you know move it to one of the other production hubs but there were like thousands of people involved on that show because it's a huge ensemble cast plus all the crew there's thousands of people involved in it and it it would be very difficult to move a show like that somewhere else so i guess it's probably something that they could easily cut in one chunk and take a fair amount of money back they could then spread around the country I would guess is the reason for it but it is a shame to see it come to an end
2: Yeah, it's a shame to see it go yeah I wonder how much this will be criticized by the BBC's enemies as another reason that it shouldn't be a thing
0: yeah pretty much anything the BBC does one way or another oh, somebody yes. finds uh, a reason <laughs> to criticize <laughs> it for for the license free. moving on to other renewals renewals for City on a Hill that's been renewed by Showtime for a third season so uh, that is the Sky Atlantic over here so that's coming back and the Mosquito Coast which is their sort of Breaking Bad Ozarky type of thing on Apple TV that's been renewed for a second season as well I know Matt's been really enjoying that show I haven't watched any of it yet but that apparently has been quite good so that's coming back for a second season as well in terms of pickups they've announced Father Brown the daytime TV drama that is returning to BBC One for a ninth season in early 2022 that that will be probably January, because it usually is in January, but that is coming back. Biohackers Season 2, that's the German language drama, that has got a air date for its second season. That's Friday, the 9th of July, that is landing. And New Amsterdam, that will be premiering on July on Sky Witness, not on Amazon Prime. It's moved. We don't know whether it's completely moved. We don't know whether it's going to go on to Amazon Prime at some point afterwards, but the premiere of it is going to be in July in the UK on Sky Witness. It is an NBC show, so there's no great surprise that they've kind of snaffled that back. It was always a slightly odd buy for Amazon Prime. I mean, I was very glad to see it because I think it is a brilliant, brilliant medical drama, but it always seemed a bit out of place in the Amazon Prime catalogue because it's very procedurally and it's not really the sort of thing that they would usually buy to premiere. It always felt a little bit out of place there but yeah it's going to be on sky witness instead don't know about second run rights because it also ran on more for i mean it it ended up with it being on like uh, more for sky witness or sky on demand and also on amazon prime at one point so uh don't know what's going to happen in terms of anybody else picking it up but the premiere will be in july on sky witness they haven't given us an exact date for it yet but july is when that shows up over on disney plus they have announced a bunch of new shows or upcoming shows which are coming one of the ones which uh, they have picked up from the Fox UK closure because a bunch of the shows from there from Fox UK are moving on to the star side of Disney Plus they have announced a date for War of the World Season 2 that's coming on Friday the 16th of July they have said that is landing on Disney Plus and Star that is because of the fact that they closed down Fox UK there's a bunch of other shows coming across as well. Walking Dead will be on start. so will The Orville, so will Atlanta, and there's a whole bunch of other stuff coming on there. They did announce a bunch of the new shows which are going to be coming across, and uh, one of them is The Wonder Years, which is this revamp of The Wonder Years that they're doing, which is uh, directed weirdly by Fred Savage, who was the original kid in The Wonder Years, but he's now he's a director and uh, showrunner and he's the person that's been pushing for this remake. It uh, follows the Williamses who are a black middle class family in late 60s Alabama the idea is it's going to base around their experiences and making sure it's the one the years for them too Story sent around a child called Dean who is an inquisitive and hopeful 12 year old kid coming of age in a very turbulent time. Don Cheadle is the voiceover for the adult version of Dean because that was always the format of it was they had this adult voiceover. Elisha EJ Williams is the young Dean and dual hill is playing the father in the show as well do hill you'll know from things like suits and the west wing he's got a strong cast i think i remember the original 1d years you're possibly a bit young for the original
2: 1d years i would have thought i do obviously i know it's a thing but yeah we would have access to so we more family matters and, right. and a little bit who's the boss
0: yeah any interest in this it's written by saladin patterson who wrote on dave and psych and big band theory so weirdly he's got a bit more of a kind of comedy background the uh guy that's writing this but uh i don't know looks looks kind
2: of interesting i think yeah I'm not sure what is it. is it supposed to be mostly a drama is it gonna have comedy elements because obviously it's 60s alabama so the racial tensions and stuff that's going to be in there and how they're going to deal with that so that's the sort of thing probably what i wonder about it's an
0: abc show in the us which gives you some idea maybe of the sort of tone that it's probably going to take i don't think it's going to be out and out comedy definitely not it is going to be more kind of drama it's very much more family drama if it follows the format of the original show, which I think it probably will do. It's got fun elements in there, and you know, you're dealing with a 12-year-old kid as the lead character, so there is going to be some sort of fun elements in there, but it is more of a family drama, I think, is the uh, the setup for it. And I think setting it in 60s Alabama is an interesting way of bringing it back, because I think had you just tried to remake it with another white family in wherever it was, in suburbia, in the 60s that would have been a bit weird just to try and remake it as that so I think it's interesting doing it from this perspective because it it gives a very different texture to the whole show and it gives it a reason for being there rather than just slapping the Wonder Years name on something I think so I think it's a really interesting idea that will be one of the shows coming to star Um, Pam and Tommy the limited series which you've I'm sure you may have seen photos floating around for this because it's Lily James and Sebastian Stan as the two leads as Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee. And it's basically about the uh, release of the first ever viral video in history of which they were the subject matter. That's essentially the sort of time period that it's working around. It's about their relationship. The photos that they released of Lily James and Sebastian Stan, I mean, when they first cast Lily James, people going, really? As Pamela Anderson? And then they released the photos of it. I I mean, they're uncanny, some of them. They've done an incredible job with the hair and makeup yeah, and so stuff Yeah, for this. yeah very cool. I think that's going to be quite interesting. You've got Seth Rogen in there as well, Nick Offerman as well and Taylor Schilling from Orange is the New Black is in there. So uh, that's got a really solid cast, but I think that's going to be an interesting limited series to watch. The Big Leap, which is another, I think it's a Fox show in the US, but uh, that's coming to the UK. Weirdly, it's based on a UK reality TV series called The Big Ballet, but this isn't a reality TV series. It's a contemporary dramedy and, and they're describing it as a tale of second chances, chasing your dreams and taking back what's yours. So it, it's basically a drama about a reality competition where the group of dancers and sort of underdogs are trying to put on a modern hip remake of Swan Lake is basically the setup for it. That's the sort of basis for it, but it's based on a real, was a real reality competition in the UK. Piper Parabo is the lead in it. It's got Scott Foley in it, Terry Polo, uh, Mallory Jansen. Kevin Daniels. That's the cast for it. Any interest in a ballet kind of dramedy, reality TV, not reality TV thing?
2: Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure this is aimed at me with my mm. um, intense like of all things reality TV.
0: No, that was sort of my feeling on it as interested
2: well. Interested that pipe of parameter,
0: Yeah, sort of an interesting setup for it. But uh, I don't know. It's one of those that it depends if they're sending up the reality TV stuff, then maybe it will be interesting. See, I always said that. I wasn't massively into any form of reality TV shows, but Unreal, which is a drama yeah. based around The Bachelor. And that is one of the best dramas I've ever seen. It's hilariously dark and funny and just crazy, crazy show. I think it was on Amazon over here. I don't know whether it's still up there, but that's well, well worth going watching. watch. And that is another drama that's based around a reality TV series. And I was very much against kind of, uh, I don't really want to watch this. And I was interviewing somebody that was involved with it. So I kind of watched a few episodes and was completely hooked throughout the entire thing. It's absolutely superb. So if it's going to go down maybe that route of showing some of the darker sides of the reality TV stuff, then that may be kind of interesting. But um, we'll have to wait and see. But that's called The Big Leap. Reservation Dogs is another one that's coming, which is a half hour comedy. It's an FX series in the US. I think it's an FX on Hulu series. Coming of age story about four Native American teenagers growing up on a reservation in eastern Oklahoma who spend their days committing crime and fighting it. It's a collaboration between the brilliant and wonderful Takita Wahiti and Sterling Harjo who's a Native American who directed the pilot episode as well. So the pair of them have worked together on it. It's very difficult to tell from that little description what this is going to be. But the fact that Takita Wahiti is involved, I implicitly trust that guy when it comes to this sort of stuff. So I, I think it's going to be one worth a watch, definitely. That's Reservation Dogs. You can go and uh, find that. There's one called Queens, which we've mentioned before, which follows four estranged out-of-touch women in their 40s who reunite and have the chance to recapture their fame, regain the swagger they had as nasty bitches, their 90s group that made them legends in the hip-hop world. That's the setup for that. That, again, sounds like it's going to be kind of fun and fairly silly. Uh, It's got Eve in there and Brandy is in there Is one of the characters. I don't know. There is, I think, a little trailer kicking around for this online if you want to go and have a look for it. But that one's called Queens. I think that's a Fox series in the U.S. There's a couple of others as well. There's Pistol, which is based around the uh, autobiography or the memoir of uh, Sex Pistols to guitarist Steve Jones. It offers a fascinating new perspective on one of Rock's greatest ever stories, it follows him from sort of West London council estates to Vivian Westwood and Malcolm McLaren's notorious King's Road sex shop to an international controversy that came with the release of Nevermind the Bollocks. I think that could be kind of interesting as a sort of historical thing in terms of uh, the Sex Pistols as well. And there's also Welcome to Wrexham, which looks like it could be quite good fun. This is a docu-series. It's got Rob McKelleny from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and Ryan Reynolds, who uh, in 2020, in the middle of a pandemic, decided to purchase a football club in Wrexham. The football club was struggling. Lunk of two Hollywood actors with a whole bunch of money and say, we'd like to buy the club and profit off. But of course, neither of them know anything about football, but they are are taking it very seriously they are serious about their investment in the club they're also about improving the club and doing right by the townspeople of course love the football club so it was a fairly kind of brave and interesting thing for them to do they're two eminently watchable stars I think that could be hilarious to watch but uh, that one's called welcome to Wrexham as well there's a lot of good stuff coming to this channel I mean Disney are basically using the star system as a dumpery for stuff that goes out on Fox in the US, stuff that goes out on ABC, stuff that uh-huh. goes out on Hulu, stuff that goes out on FX, anything pretty much that they own in their entirety is going onto the star system as a star original. We've already got things like American Horror Stories we know are coming, Why the Last Man, Dope Sick, The Dropouts, Only Murderers in the Building. So there's a whole bunch of things that they've already got upcoming. These are things that won't be on there yet. They are things that are coming soon, things that have been mm-hmm. announced in America. So uh, I don't know if there's anything particular. Yeah
2: interested in out of those maybe reservation dogs I, i'd probably give that one a go
0: yeah i will probably try the wonder years maybe uh, reservation dogs i think definitely i might give the big leap a try just to see what it's like but there's some interesting stuff coming up there so uh, you know there's there's some good stuff plus i mean there's great stuff coming out on disney plus anyway i know people are complaining about the fact that it's another streaming service but it is one of the best value streaming services out there i think definitely and the last story we've got is uh, oscar isaacs has has been confirmed for the Moon Knight series on Marvel, finally. Because there have been months and months of rumours of like Oscar Isaacs getting this role. And uh, he is now properly being confirmed. Moon Knight is a, uh, also known as Mark Spector. He's a complex vigilante who suffers from a dissociative identity disorder. These multiple personalities who live inside him are distinct characters in the series and appear in a backdrop of Egyptian iconography. It's a character that's been around in the comic book since 1975. In the comic book version, he ends up becoming Moonlight because he's an ex-CIA agent who finds himself on a sort of mercenary mission in Egypt with a terrorist named Bushman. The pair stumble across this archaeological dig site full of valuables. Bushman basically turns on Spectre, leaves him for dead. He crawls into this nearby ancient tomb and gets saved by this Egyptian deity, and that gives him these powers. But he ends up kind of with disassociative disorder, so he ends up having these multiple personalities and the sort of struggling with that as well so it sounds like it could be quite an interesting series that sort of looks at mental illness as well as a superhero show which is a kind of interesting mix to do as a TV series Oscar is, of course best known as Poe Dameron probably more than anything else I'm quite interested in this series it's one of the heroes I have known nothing about I don't know whether
2: Moon Knight was a Marvel character you particularly followed I don't think I've ever even picked up anything that has him in there obviously have the only thing because I really know is basically from all the hype of Oscar Isaac signing up for the role I'm interested to see how they treat that with the whole mental health thing mm. I have my own thoughts about um, Legion so yes I will have to see how Marvel itself takes range on this yeah yeah I'm interested in seeing like this one and She-Hulk the less known I want to see how Marvel does the less known heroes yeah what things have taken from what we've seen before with say Netflix and what they can take from their own series where they've done like Falcon and Winter Soldier they can obviously make great stories mm. but I want to see how they treat their less Characters. that
0: is going to be an interesting thing as we go through these series so i mean people have seen previews of loki uh, are giving it pretty solid reviews so they, yeah. we know yeah. they can do that sort of stuff really well and of course i mean wonder vision was popular and uh, i i think falcon and winter soldier did really well so it's going to be interesting to see how they treat these smaller characters and uh, yeah. how they end up weaving into the wider mcu as well so that's all the news we've got for this week let's move on to some highlights for next week on tv <laughs> Oh Highlights for next week. We have the aforementioned Loki who starts on Wednesday the 9th of June because uh, as we said before they've for some reason suddenly decided they're not going to release everything on Fridays. So uh, Wednesday the 9th of June Loki is landing on Disney+. Plus. I'm very much looking forward to that. Home Before Dark, season two of that comes to Apple TV+. Plus. That's on the 11th of June. Lupin, season two of that comes on the 11th of June as well. That is the uh, French language drama about the... Well-famous gentleman thief and master of disguise, which has been hugely popular, the gloaming, which is an Australian series that follows the story of an unorthodox and troubled policewoman Molly McGee who leads an investigation into the murder of an unidentified woman. That's coming to star on Disney Plus on the eleventh of June. Blind Spotting, which is a new series coming to stars play, that's on the thirteenth of June. It's based on the film of the same name and uh, has some of the cast reprising their roles in that. And then nine one one. And 911 Lone Star. Both of those are landing on the 14th of June, starting from 9 p.m. and then 10 p.m. for Lone Star. So one will follow the other. Both of those shows are going to be back on the 14th of June. I'm hugely looking forward to those. They are two of the best procedurals out there right now. Well, well worth going to watch. That's for season four of 911 and season two of 911 Lone Star. 14th of June starting at 9 pm. That's everything we have for this week so uh, if they want to find more of your stuff where can they find
2: you Daryl? They can find me over at hollywoodnorthnews.net writing about all things Canadian last piece was talking about five shows films and TV currently filming in Vancouver including a dog film starring The Flashes, Grant Gustin
0: Ah interesting so go and check out Daryl at hollywoodnorthnews.net for other people of course Bex who uh, is buried under a pile of work at the moment but uh, hopefully we'll be back on the show soon. She can be found over on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes, That's B-Y-T-E-S. Go and check her out over there for lots of daily streams and fun and laughs and uh, all good things like that. Matt, you can find on entertainmenttalk.org for lots and lots more podcasts you can find over there. And we're doing Breaking Bad season two over there with him right now. And Grey, you can find on Twitter at GrayTheGeek. That's Grey with an A. You can go and chat to him over there for us you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast.geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown on instagram at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week Bye-bye. bye bye bye